old radio listening society a podcast dedicated to suspense crime and horror stories from the golden age of radio i'm eric i'm tim and i'm joshua we love mysterious old-time radio stories but do they stand the test of time that's what we're here to find out so far we have not listened to any sears radio theater on this podcast but this week it's my turn to choose an episode so we will be listening to milwaukee deep from that other iconic 70s era homage to classic radio, Sears Radio Theater. Much like its longer-running counterpart, CBS Radio Mystery Theater, Sears Radio Theater featured hour-long stories and was broadcast nightly, although Sears took weekends off. Unlike CBS RMT, the Sears program featured different genres each night of the week, each featuring its own host. Monday was Western Night, hosted by Lauren Green. Tuesday was Comedy Night, hosted by Andy Griffith. Wednesday, Vincent Price hosted Mystery Night. And Thursday was Love and Hate Night with Cicely Tyson as host. Today's episode, Milwaukee Deep, was presented on a Friday, which was Adventure Night, first hosted by Richard Widmark, and later by Howard Duff, and then by Leonard Nimoy. Sears Radio Theater began on CBS in 1979, sponsored, as you might guess, by Sears. In 1980, the series moved to the Mutual Broadcasting System, was renamed Mutual Radio Theater, and repeated shows from the CBS run. In September 1980, a short season of new dramas was presented, but ultimately the series ended in December of 1981. Today's episode comes from that first year, hosted by Richard Widmark. This is Milwaukee Deep, first broadcast May 11th, 1979. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker, listen to the music, and listen to the voices. That's the theme from the Sears Radio Theater. Tonight, a program of adventure with Richard Widmark as your host. Here's a preview. Holy suffering cats, look at that. It's an enormous stone statue. One of those Indian idols, do you think? Yeah. Why on earth they want to smuggle out something like that? They can't sell that on the black market, can they? It's the size of a house. The Sears Radio Theater will begin after this message from your local station. If I want to make sure I buy the right thing, then I look at a magazine. I look at the consumer magazine. I do a lot of price comparing before I buy. Well, if I'm thinking of buying a certain refrigerator or air conditioner, I ask around. I see what experiences people I know have had with that manufacturer. I found it best to check with my friends who have the product I want to buy. When I have to make a decision between two items, I just toss the coin. I just let my wife decide. I always buy things on Wednesday. I think that's my lucky day. <laughs> people have lots of ways to buy things. Some are good and some are not so good. But one way that really helps is to read and compare warranties just as you would price or quality. The law says on purchases of $15 or more, warranties must be available for you to see before you buy. You'll find that some are full and some are limited, so compare. A tip from the Federal Trade Commission. It's good to read warranties before you buy. And don't be bashful. 
because it's your money. This is Richard Widmark. It's a fact. Some of us lead more exciting lives than others. But it's also a fact that a lot of us prefer it that way. For the sake of argument, we can divide ourselves into three categories. In the first are those who prefer to enjoy their adventures vicariously, for the simple fact that it's safer. How much more pleasant to relax after a hard day's work by listening to someone else's problems for a change. Let them take the risks. We'll hold our breath on the sidelines. In the second category are those who deliberately seek out risk and embrace danger. The sort who much prefer to spend an afternoon hunting sharks than sunning themselves on the beach. Well, we assume they know what they're doing. And that brings us to the third category. The person whose work takes him on a routine assignment that suddenly becomes a lot more than he bargained for. Such a person is Tom Sims, an officer in the United States Coast Guard. Oh, Tom has faced his share of dangers, braving the swift tropical storms that spring up off the coast of Florida to rescue imperiled fishermen, and several harrowing encounters with smugglers and modern-day pirates. But even he was unprepared when he was summoned to his commander's office one pleasant spring afternoon for the awesome adventure that lay in store for him. And that's only the beginning of our story. Sears Radio Theater, a new adventure in radio listening. Five nights of exceptional entertainment every week. Brought to you in Elliot Lewis' production of The Sears Radio Theater. Our story, Milwaukee Deep, by Percy Granger. Our stars, Barney Phillips and Tyler McVeigh. The Sears Radio Theater is brought to you by Sears Roebuck and Company. Sears, where America shops for value. I love to eat. But it takes so long to cook. That's why we both love our new Kenmore microwave oven from Sears. I can cook a five-pound roast medium rare in just 30 minutes or three strips of bacon in three and a half minutes on a paper plate. Bake two potatoes in eight minutes and cook vegetables faster than boiling them in water. That means less time in the kitchen. And more with you. Fast, clean, cool cooking with Sears Kenmore microwave ovens, all with automatic defrost. Choose the right model for your kitchen from the many styles available at most Sears retail stores. Sears National Automotive Sale. Now, save $36 to $76 on a set of four Sears steel-belted radial tires. That's great savings on the most popular radial in Sears history. And the Sears heavy-duty shock can help save you from some of the jolts, chars, and jerks. Help save you some money, too. On sale now, only $5.99 each. Save 14% on America's best-selling shock. Installation available at most Sears tire and auto centers. Prices may vary in Alaska and Hawaii. Honey, I can't sleep. Maybe you should try counting sheets. You mean sheep? No, Medley Sheets from Sears in so many great colors from light to dark. Rest easy knowing your bed looks fantastic because Medley Solids come in up to 24 colors like Indian Copper, Royal Blue, Lemon Yellow, and Jungle Green. But don't just count them. Mix and match them with Medley Pattern Sheets and Cases for a designer effect. Then dream in color tonight. Available at most larger Sears retail stores in the catalog.
Coast Guard Station in Pensacola, Florida, Lieutenant Thomas Sims has been summoned to his commander's office. Sir? At ease, Tom. Take a seat. Thank you, sir. Tom, you know the legend of the Flying Dutchman, don't you? The ghost ship? Mm-hmm. Condemned to sail forever without helm or steersman while its captain played at dice for his soul with the devil. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, it seems we've got a flying Dutchman of our own. A yacht was found adrift in the Atlantic near the Bahamas yesterday. Oh, I read about it in the papers this morning. Her crew had vanished. Oh, certain details were kept from the press. For one thing, the boat wasn't completely abandoned. According to this report, they found one man still on board. So far, they haven't been able to determine his identity, but from his uniform, they assume he was a member of the crew. He was dead? Oh, he's very much alive, but gone completely mad. He's been in an incoherent state ever since they took him to the Naval Hospital in Miami. He keeps muttering that someone tried to chain him to a large stone, but that he hid from them. And then he lapses into a catatonic silence. They found no other survivors? No, and they're not likely to. A complete sweep has been made of the area, but as you know, that's one of the deepest parts of the Atlantic. The boat was found directly over the submarine canyon known as the Milwaukee Deep. It goes almost 30,000 feet straight down, nearly six miles. Another thing the press doesn't know is that there have been a rash of disappearances of pleasure crafts similar to this one. All yachts, all big. Vanished without a trace. This is the first one that's been found. How do you know there's a connection? I'll get to that in a moment. An attempt was made to scuttle a boat. Holes had been drilled into the hull from the inside. And the boat didn't sink because it was specially designed with a double hull. The saboteurs obviously didn't realize this and only cut through the first layer. You think it's the work of pirates? Well, that's a logical assumption up to a point. We've been chasing dope traffickers and smugglers for years who hijack boats on the open seas and use them to carry their shipments. And this boat was obviously carrying something. Its main deck was scarred and scraped and the railing on one side was broken, crushed as if by some enormous weight. The big stone that the crewman was babbling about? Possibly. But what doesn't make sense is why the boat was abandoned in the middle of the ocean. The reason you hijack a boat in the first place is to carry your cargo from one point to another. Or maybe they panicked. Or maybe they made a mid-sea transfer to another boat to escape detection. Uh, seems like a rather convoluted way to do things. Anyway, Coast Guard headquarters has asked that you be put on the case. Uh, yes, sir, but I, I don't understand. Our jurisdiction is limited. Shouldn't this be handled by the people over on the East Coast? Yes, well, this brings us back to your question about the connection between all these disappearances. We turned up a new piece of evidence just this morning. Those yachts may have ended up in the Atlantic, but they all put out from the Gulf Coast. Not only that, they all put out from the same town, Conway Beach. Yeah, I used to live there before I joined the Coast Guard. I'm aware of that. And you used to work for an old sea dog by the name of Sam Munson, Yeah, huh? yeah. He owns a wharf down there, outfits boats with crews and supplies, but he's not involved in this, is he? Every one of those boats was outfitted at his wharf. But Sam's a great old guy. He wouldn't be mixed up in anything crooked. You'll admit it's a coincidence. And the only lead we've got. 
Anyway, you're the logical choice. Uh, he doesn't know you're in the Coast Guard now, does he? No. I haven't been in touch with him in years. Good. Your orders are to leave at once. And don't go in uniform. Anyone here? Uh, there's no need to shout, son. This ain't the Taj Mahal. Sam? Yeah, it's me. Oh, Sam, it's Tom Sims. <laughs> I'll be Tom. <laughs> Good golly, it's been a long time. <laughs> what are you doing down this here uh, neck of the woods? Well, just passing through. Had to stop in on the man who gave me my first job. <laughs> yeah. You want a soda? Well, uh, you still have black cherry? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's your favorite. Here you go. It's on the house. Old place hasn't changed a bit. No, well, I, I done a few repairs. I had to, had to shore up the wharf a few years back, and I had to get it lengthened to uh, accommodate them big yachts folks toot around in now. You no longer just gas up runabouts and fishing boats, huh? No, no, no. Listen, there has been a real boom in this town since you left. <laughs> in fact, come here. I'm going to show you something. There. You see that boat there? Ain't she a dandy? The sea wind. That stink pot runs 200 feet. I am outfitting it right now. It's owned by Mr. Uh, Clarence Murphy. You ever heard of him? No, don't think so. Well, he is only one of the richest contractors in the whole state of Florida. He's worth millions. And he comes to old Sam, huh? <laughs> yeah, things sure do change, don't they? <laughs> you must be laying aside a nice piece of change. I can't complain. I can't complain. So, uh, what are you doing with yourself these, uh, these days? Well, uh... Oh, Hernando... Uh, yeah, I, uh, I've been expecting you. Excuse me, sir. Uh, did you speak to Mr. Murphy? Uh, yes, yes, it's, it's all said. I gave you a good recommendation. He's going to take you on as his steward. And there's two more of you, right? Yes. Well, there's berths for them, too. But uh, you're only on as far as Gulf Shores. He's got his regular crew uh, waiting for him there. Oh, that is enough. We are grateful for any work we can get. Uh-huh. Well, Mr. Murphy wants to be underway first thing in the morning. Now, you tell your friend. Good. We will be on board tonight. Friend of yours? Uh, no, I, no, I don't know him. Well, you said you recommended him to Mr. Murphy. Well, you know, uh, a friend of a friend. Uh, he's up from Veracruz or someplace like that. <clears throat> Listen, I'm about through here for the day, so why don't we go summers and... Uh, have a real drink and, uh, you know, talk over old times. Yeah. I think we have some things to talk about. Let Sears Merry Mushrooms coordinates brighten your kitchen with woodsy charm. Save $7 on our four-piece canister set. It's mushroom embossed ceramic ware, now just $29.99. And save $10 over our 1979 spring catalog price on Sears 10-piece porcelain on steel cookware set. Only $39.94. Leave Sears Merry Mushroom coordinates into your kitchen soon. Sale ends May 26th. Prices and dates may vary in Alaska and Hawaii. 
A kiss goodnight, and your gift of Sears Nightwear will send Mom sweetly into dreamland this Mother's Day. They're winsome, billowy nightgowns and sprightly PJs. Or complete the appeal with a short or long dressing gown. Ruffles, spaghetti straps, prints, or solids. Just a few dreamy ways to choose Sears Nightwear. All airy nylon trico, loosely shaped for sleeping comfort. This Mother's Day, give Mom pretty nightwear from Sears. And sweet dreams. Take off on your vacation or to work this summer with Sears four-piece outfit. Wear the jacket shell and skirt or wear the jacket and shell with pants. Or choose a jacket and shell with two pair of pants. You can even wear them as separates. Now that's getting mileage out of your Sears four-piece outfit. Breezy fashion prints and sunny solids. So whatever combination you put on, you'll take off in style. From the dress department at Sears. All items available at most larger Sears retail stores. Sam Munson has taken Tom to a bar they once frequented, the Jilted Mermaid. Something in Tom's manner is making Sam nervous. He can't quite put his finger on it, but as he rattles on, he senses the younger man is waiting for an opening. Yeah, the new management pretty near... Wrecked this old bar when they took it over. Put up them awful murals. Covered everything in Naugahyde. But the drinks are still as good as ever, right? Sam, I want you to get me a berth on Mr. Murphy's yacht. A berth? Why? Oh, I miss the ocean. I'd like to get my sea legs back. I've already got him a full crew. Oh, bounce one of Hernando's pals. No, I can't do that. Oh, sure you can, Sam, for old time's sake. Look, if you want a job, maybe you can try... Greg Perkins' place. You remember Greg, don't you? Who is Hernando, Sam? What do you mean? Who does he work for? For Mr. Murphy. You know what I mean. No, I don't. Now, what the heck has got into you? Sam, I'm not just passing through. I came down here for a reason. What reason? I'm with the Coast Guard. Well, what has that got to do with me? What happened to the Santa Helena, Sam? The Scuppernog, the Joyride, Mary's Folly. What happened to all those boats, Sam? Uh, I I don't think I've ever heard of them. Well, that's strange. They all put out from your wharf and were never seen or heard from again. And two days ago, another boat you outfitted was found adrift off the Bahamas with only one person left alive on board. (laughs) What, uh, What did he say? Nothing. Whatever happened completely unhinged him. What is it, Sam? What have you gotten yourself into? I can't tell you, Tom. I think you have to. I mean, I just don't know. All I do know is some guys come to me up from South America somewheres, and they offered me a lot of money to put their people in the crews I was hiring. And you did it? It was a lot of money, Tom, and I ain't a youngster anymore. Didn't ask any questions? That was part of the deal. But I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know them boats was disappearing. Not till I read in the papers about the one they found. What are you going to do, Tom? I want a berth on Murphy's boat. Tom, whatever these guys are up to, they mean business. Okay, you talk to this fellow Murphy. You tell him I'm a friend of yours and I need a lift up to Gulf Shores. Tell him whatever you have to, but see that I get on that boat. Mr. Murphy. That looks like we're safely underway. I'm going below to my quarters. Bring me a whiskey sour, would you? Yes, sir. Um, 
Joanne. Just uh, put the drink in the highboy. I'm Tom Sims, Mr. Murphy. Oh. Oh, my hitchhiker, huh? Can I speak to you? It's important. Sure, what's up? I'm a lieutenant in the United States Coast Guard. Oh, really? Does that have something to do with why you're aboard my boat? I have reason to believe you're in danger. There's no time to go into details, but I think an attempt is going to be made to hijack you. Well, the sea wind is a fast stink pot, Lieutenant. But if there are pirates operating in this area, we'll keep an eye on them. Thanks for the warning. You won't be able to outrun these pirates. Why not? Because they're already on board. How do you know? Your first stop is Gulf Shores? Yes, I'm picking up some fishing buddies. And you plan to refuel there? Yes. I've just been down to your engine room. Are you aware the sea wind is carrying enough fuel to get you halfway across the Atlantic? What? But I expressly ordered only enough gas to get us to Gulf Shores. We'd better put in for the nearest port at once. They'd be on you the minute you gave orders to change course. I brought a radio with me. It's in my sea bag down in my quarters. I'll contact the Coast Guard station in Pensacola with our position and our destination, and they'll put us under surveillance. Good. Uh, yes, you do that. Oh, uh, that must be Hernando. I asked him to bring me a drink. Mr. Murphy? Ah, and you too, Mr. Sims. What's going on here? Don't move, either of you. Uh, oh, what do you want? What are you doing with that gun? We are taking over your boat. Come with us. Sears Radio Theater will continue after this message from your local station. This is Mel Blank, and voices are my business. In Warner Brother cartoons, you probably know me as the crazy little character... Daffy Duck. <laughs> or... Uh, Porky Pig. Or... Bugs Bunny Duck. We all have a voice in matters that affect us in our community, and it's necessary to speak out to get the best possible community services. One community tradition which really deserves vocal support is the library. The library has been serving up all kinds of information ever since this country began. After all, you can get thousands of voices in the library's books on film, records, and tapes, and you can borrow these voices freely. But the library can't give you such good service without a lot of vocal and personal support from you. This means you need to write or call your community officials and speak up for the library. It's all the air folks at library. A public service message from the American Library Association and this station. Here's a tip from your Better Business Bureau. Is your car equipped to handle emergencies? Well, here's a list of essential items which will enable you to better handle an emergency situation. A car jack and lug wrench should always be carried in case of a flat tire. Be sure you know how the jack operates and the correct procedure for changing a tire. Flares and reflectors provide warning to other motorists that your car is stopped, and both are essential safety items. A tow strap or chain enables a car to be pulled out of the mud or the snow. Battery jumper cables help a motorist solve a dead battery problem quickly. A small fire extinguisher can prevent a small problem from turning into a large one. But you'd better keep it in the passenger compartment where you can get to it quickly. A first aid kit can come in handy in all sorts of minor medical emergencies. A tip from your Better Business Bureau. This guy. 
thing. Get them in here and tie them together. What are you, what are you going to do with us? Where, where are you going to take us? You will find out when we get there. Are you going to kill us? I am not going to answer any more questions, Mr. Murphy. Are these robes tight? Uh, good. Do not try to free yourselves. Esteban will be right outside the door and he will be armed. These ropes are cutting my circulation. Don't struggle. You'll only make them tighter. Maybe we can work ourselves free. Listen. We're turning. We're changing course. South. Maybe southwest. Mexico? It's enough gas. What's going to happen to us? I don't know, Mr. Murphy. Just relax while I try to loosen the ropes. What good will that do? They've got an armed thug outside the door. I've got my eye on that porthole. My quarters are right next to this cabin. You think you can get to your radio? That's the idea. Well, these ropes are too tight. It'll take forever. Well, the one thing we've got going for us is time, Mr. Murphy. Because wherever they're taking us, I suspect it's a long way off. <laughs> Tom, you've been twisting us around all night long, and I'm exhausted. Not to mention sore. I think I've almost got it this time. It's dawn. We've been going for nearly 24 hours. Where the heck are they taking us, I'd like to know. There. There. I think I've done it. Yes. Yes, you have. I, I, I can feel the rope loosening. Oh, the rest should be easy now. Listen. Huh? What's that? What? We're slowing down. If we've reached our destination, there's no time to lose. There. Can you see anything out the porthole? Land? Jungle. Jungle, as far as the eye can see. That's all? Just, just jungle? No, no, wait. Boats drifting about. Look, over there. Buildings. Modern buildings. Looks like some kind of a resort. Pretty fancy place. It's enormous. Three hotels, a marina, all cut right out of the jungle. Where are we? I'm going to try to get to my cabin. No, wait, wait, look. There's a launch coming out from the marina. They'd see you. I'll have to try later. Let's get ourselves back into these ropes and make it look good. Maybe we're about to find out what's going on. Senor Green. Good morning. Fernando, get these gentlemen some food. Si. Now, which one of you is the owner of this magnificent boat? I am. Well, my name is Guillermo Grimm. I am the man responsible for commandeering your boat. What do you want it for? We'll be loading a cargo on board this evening. What are you, a smuggler? <laughs> Not at all. I'm a businessman. A, a real estate developer. If you could look outside the porthole there, you would see some of the most beautiful real estate in the world. Where are we? The Yucatan Peninsula, home of the ancient Mayan civilization. The jungles here have lain untouched for centuries, ever since the Mayan civilization mysteriously vanished. But now, thanks to the wonders of modern travel, 
A once inaccessible place such as this can be developed as a splendid resort area. Uh, perhaps you've heard of it, the Costa del Samo. You bring all your tourists here by force? <laughs> of course not. I'm sorry for the indignity and discomfort of your situation, but it was unavoidable. What are you going to do to us? As I said, the cargo will be brought on board this evening and you will leave in the morning. Is the same fate in store for us as those six other boats you pirated? Other boats? What happened to their owners? I'm afraid I haven't the faintest idea what you're talking about. Oh, here's Hernando with some refreshment for you. Put it on the table there where they can reach it with their mouths. Si, senor. What's the cargo you're putting on board? That you will find out soon enough. Until tonight, then, enjoy your stay in the Yucatan. They're going to kill us. Quiet. Until they're gone. The Costa del Zamo. You ever heard of this place? Yes. It's a new resort. I think it just opened last year. Some associates of mine were going to come down over the winter, but they changed their minds. Oh, why? I don't remember. They didn't say much about it. Uh, let's get out of these ropes. I'm going to make another try to get my radio. What do you think they're smuggling? Drugs? Possibly. But I'm beginning to suspect it may be something else. What's that? Mayan statuary. Oh. It's an enormous black market trade in stolen artifacts. Looters have been combing these jungles for years, robbing temples, pyramids, anything they can get their hands on. Surprised there's anything left. But why steal boats to transport it? That sort of business is risky enough as it is without getting into piracy, too. I don't know. I opened my porthole to air out my quarters. I hope they didn't shut it. Here, help me, all right. Up. There. Can you reach it? Yeah. Hold on to my wrist. I think so. Got it. Is it open? Yeah. Uh, hope they haven't rifled my bag. Uh, looks okay. Radio's still there. Now to set it up. Pensacola Base One, this is Lieutenant Sims. Do you read me? Hello, Pensacola Base One, this is Lieutenant Sims. someone down to rescue us? No, I couldn't get through. We're too far south. We're out of range. You couldn't get through to anyone? Not even Naval Air Station to Key West? Tried every channel, nothing. We're in the middle of nowhere here. What are we going to do? Can you swim? Of course I can. Think you'll fit through that porthole? <laughs> Just about. 
We'll sit tight until nightfall, then swim ashore, find the road, and get to the nearest village. Here's Bob. Good. Let's make for that clump of palm trees there. Anyone see us? I don't think so. Funny, this place is huge, but it looks like there's hardly anyone here. There's no one on the verandas. Hardly any lights on in the rooms. It's dinner time. Maybe they're all at dinner. Uh-huh. Uh, there's the dining room. That looks pretty empty. Strange. It's like a ghost town. Those friends of yours who were going to come down, they didn't say anything at all? Well, they did mention something about rumors. Nothing specific. Just that the place didn't have a very good reputation. People were afraid to come here for for some reason. Well, there's no road along the ocean front. Let's make our way around back. Well, we've come practically all the way around. There's the ocean again. There's nothing. There's no road out of here. Wait. I see something up ahead. Come on. Here. Some road. Not even paved. Well, it's got to be the road out of here. It's the only one. Let's go. I hope we don't get picked up by the wrong people. Once Mr. Grimm discovers we're gone, he'll have his men down this road like a flash. What was that? I don't know. Come on. I wish that moon would come out. Wonder how far the nearest town is. It's pitch black. I can't see a thing. Oh, here comes the moon now. Oh, no. What? What's happened to the road? Turns into a big clearing. Must pick up on the other side. We'd better work our way around the edge. What do you suppose they cleared this big space for? Well, maybe they're going to put up another hotel. Why inland? Why not back down on the beach with the rest of them? What's that noise? Sounds like a plane. It is a plane. Hey, there's your answer. This is a landing strip. Look, floodlights. Quick, back into the underbrush. So, this is how the tourists get in and out. This is the wonder of modern transportation Mr. Grimm was talking about. You mean there's no road out of here, just an airfield? Look around. Places lit up like the 4th of July. You see anything that looks like a road? We've got to go through the jungle? Ah, no way. We'd never make it. The nearest town's probably 100 miles from here. What are we going to do? Once they find out we've escaped, they'll come for us. And we've no place to go. The room held several Sears brass-plated lamps, one switched on. The finely plated antique satin shade illuminated the furniture softly. Another lamp turned on, and another. The patio doors blew open. The green brass-plated lamp nearby, with its heavy base built for stability, did not budge. The room glowed in the brassy elegance that these Sears best lamps command. Create your own hauntingly elegant moods with Sears brass-plated lamps at most larger Sears retail stores.
This is my first night camping with my family of five. Now I'm really glad I packed my Sears family-style tent. It's Sears' best tent, tested by Sir Edmund Hillary, the first man to conquer Mount Everest. This tent stands six feet nine inches in the center and has a sewn-in 10 by 14-foot floor. It sleeps eight, plenty of room for my family, even the dog. We like the windows that can be zipped shut from the inside and this large front canopy. Sears' best family-style tent is built to be lived in, and if it's good enough for Hillary, it's good enough for my family at most larger Sears retail stores. Sears National Automotive Sale. Now, save $36 to $76 on a set of four Sears steel-belted radial tires. That's great savings on the most popular radial in Sears history. And the Sears heavy-duty shock can help save you from some of the jolts, chars, and jerks. Help save you some money, too. On sale now, only $5.99 each. Save 14% on America's best-selling shock. Installation available at most Sears tire and auto centers. Prices may vary in Alaska and Hawaii. Richard Widmark again, and here's the concluding act of the Milwaukee Deep. Nearest town must be a hundred miles from here. Once they find out we've escaped, they'll be after us. What do we do now? I say let's go back to the resort. What? Make it easy for them? No, no, I want to find out just what's going on, what this cargo is, and what they've got in mind for us. If we know, maybe we can sabotage them. floor with the open windows. Looks like an office. There's someone in there. It's that fellow Hernando. Yeah, and Senor Grimm. Come on. So the takeover went smoothly. There were no problems. No, Senor. Good. Now let's go ahead with the loading, then. Eh? Is the truck ready? See. Si. Who are we taking out tonight? Chuck. <laughs> My favorite. This is no time for jokes. Every day this is costing me thousands of dollars. And it's getting dangerous. They discovered that the art at sea, and if that sailor recovers his wits and is able to talk, we're all finished. Come, let's go. Sounds like they're smuggling out people. Yeah. Hey, this is strange. What is? Look at the wall beneath the window here. It's cracked. Hey, and look over here. More cracks. No wonder there's no tourists here. Wonder what caused them. Well, that's no mystery. Substandard materials. I'm in the construction business myself, and you'd be appalled what some contractors will do to cut costs. I don't know. These walls almost look as if they'd been wrenched by some gigantic force. I wonder just what it is they are taking out of the jungle. What's that? Sounds like the truck they were talking about. Here it is. The headlights. It's coming this way. Get down. Yeah. What's that thing on the back? Looks like a gigantic derrick. That's a hoist. The truck is counterweighted in the front. Whatever it is they're going for must be huge. Let's follow them. jungle on the far side of the airfield. How's it going to get through? Look, there's men over there removing underbrush. They had it camouflaging another road. There they go. Come on. Mm -hmm. 
Alfred. Cats, look at that. It's an enormous stone statue. One of those Indian idols, do you think? Yeah. Why on earth they want to smuggle out something like that? They can't sell that on the black market, can they? It's the size of a house. I don't know. But they've got chains around it. They're ready to lift it out of the ground. What's that? What's happening? Tom, the ground's trembling. Están las cadenas en su lugar. Prende el motor. Rápido, rápido. It feels like an earthquake. itself. As if it were protesting its removal. Oh, that's nonsense. I think we have the answer to all our questions now, don't we? No, I, I don't believe it. It's, it's not possible. The cracks in those brand new walls weren't the result of shoddy materials. The Mayans never left the Yucatan at all. Their spirits are still here. And Senor Grimm's bulldozing their jungles has angered their gods. That's crazy. We've seen it with our own eyes. That's what Grimm meant about losing money. He's not a smuggler. He's been taking the Indian gods out to sea to protect his enterprise. Oh, oh, what are we going to do? Where can we go? Only one place we can go. Back to the boat. Are you crazy? Grimm's not only a smuggler. He, he's worse. He's a murderer. He's going to use the sea wind to take that monstrosity out to sea. And then jettison it and us. Still, that's our only chance. Once we're in the open water and within the radio range of the naval station at Key West, I can get a call through to them. What if they've already discovered we're gone? We'll have to take that risk. There's no other way. Let's go. Get your hair good and dry, Mr. Murphy, or they'll know we've been out. What's left of it? That statue they'll be bringing out must be the rain god. Here they come. Get the rope. Good and tight. You got it? Yeah, yes. Oh, good evening. I've asked Hernando to say that you get some food for the final leg of your journey. Final? Your cargo is being ferried out now. If you can manage to stand and come to the porthole, you can see it in the next burst of lightning. Side, no? What is it? Chuck, the Mayan god of thunder and rain. He and his brethren have taken exception to my resort. So it has become necessary to exile them to the bottom of the sea. The Milwaukee Deep? Exactly. 30,000 feet straight down, nearly six miles. Even they cannot wreak their vengeance on me from there. An astonishing thing, no? The forces that exist which we cannot begin to comprehend. And what happens to us? You will remain down here until Hernando reaches the deep. And then you'll be taken up and chained to Chuck. So that your bodies will not later float to the surface. The boat will be scuttled. Hernando and the others rescued by a helicopter which will follow you. And you... No. 
No, you can't. It's daylight. There can't be much further to go. Aren't you going to try the radio? We should be close enough now. The naval station won't be too far off our starboard bow. Keep an ear on the door. Well, did you get through? The radio was gone. Gone? They must have found it. My whole sea bag was missing. What are we going to do? Listen. We're slowing down. We must be there. There's movement out there in the passageway. They're coming to chain us to the statue. Get on the other side of the door, quickly. Well, senores, this is... Hold him, Mr. Murphy. I'll get his pal. Got him. They're both out. Tie them up. How many more do you think there are? Can't be more than one or two. Not if they're being picked up by a chopper. Give me a Stabon's pistol. I'll go after him. All right, Hernando. In here with your pals. Mr. Murphy, you got enough rope? I've got plenty. I was able to make contact with the naval air station on the ship's radio. They're sending out planes to intercept the helicopter and an escort to meet us. Good. Let's get up on the bridge and head for home. Feels good to get back to the controls of my own boat. We ought to make Miami before nightfall. Can you imagine the looks we're going to get when we pull into the harbor with that monster on our deck? Open her up. Let's go. She's open all the way. But we're not moving. We must be. Look over the side. Something must be wrong with the engine. She sounds fine. Well, turn it off. Let's go down and have a look. Tom, look over the bow coming toward us. It's a wave, a gigantic wave. It's headed right this way. Try starting the engine and head into it. I can't. Now it's completely dead. It won't even turn over. Grab onto something yeah. quick. Mr. Murphy, are you all right? What happened? The statue. It's gone. Wave must have carried it overboard. How could it have done that without capsizing the whole boat? I don't know. But I have a feeling... Try the engine now. It's going. The boat's moving. Tom... I think there must be something real about those Mayan gods. And that's the end of our story. The two men turned their boat toward home, and shock swept into the Milwaukee deep by his fellow gods, rests in their midst in the profound calm, far from the disruptive advance of civilization. Mother's Day, give mom a hand. 
with handy appliances from Sears. Prices have been cut on Sears' best food processor, 14-speed blender with jars, and a push-button self-cleaning broiler oven. Save money and she'll save time on ironing day with a spray steam-and-dry self-cleaning iron. So give Mom a helping hand on Mother's Day and save at Sears. Sale ends May 26th. Dates may vary in Alaska and Hawaii. Here's a riddle for you women to solve. I'm one of the first things on in the morning, one of the last things off at night. With slacks, skirts, and shorts, I look so right. Who am I? Give up? I'm the shirt. The wear with anything shirt from Sears. I come in both pretty pastels and assorted prints with short sleeves and tailored styling. And I'm Easy Care Polyester. So go with the go with anything shirt. For smart spring and summer fashion, buy the shirt in the Mrs. Sportswear department. Eastern, Central, or Pacific time, Mother's Day is an important time. Remember Mom with a timely example of sophisticated design. A Seiko watch from Sears. Seiko has a reputation you can count on in styles that range from sporty with leather wristbands to elegant bracelet watches in white or yellow gold color cases. Choose Mom's precision-made Seiko with 17 jewel or quartz movements from Sears. But hurry, Mother's Day is coming May 13th. All items available at most larger Sears retail stores. The Sears Radio Theater has been brought to you by Sears Roebuck and Company, where our policy is satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Sears, where America shops for value. Milwaukee Deep was written by Percy Granger, produced and directed by Fletcher Markle. Your host was Richard Widmark. Our stars were Barney Phillips and Tyler McVeigh. Featured in the cast were Marvin Miller, Don Diamond, and Dawes Butler. The music for Sears Radio Theater was composed and conducted by Nelson Riddle. This is Art Gilmore speaking. Associate Director of Sears Radio Theater is Ken McManus. Sound effects were created by Bud Tollefson. Joanne Thompson is production supervisor, and the recording engineers are Joe Wachter and Hal McDonald. The Elliott Lewis production of Sears Radio Theater is a presentation of CVI. Join hands with people everywhere. Each of us can do our share in cares for say for children. This year, people of all nations are joining hands to improve the lives of the world's needy children. Through care, you can provide the families of these children with the means to grow their own food, to build medical facilities, safer water systems, and schools. Tomorrow's world is in our hands. Help make it a better place for all the children. Check or money order to CARE, Crusade for Children Overseas, Box 576, New York 10016. I gained 20 pounds in two months. Chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah, I never lost that weight either. Uh, with me, it was different. I was climbing the walls, yelling at the kids. I just couldn't live with myself. Neither could Dan, could he? No, not really. He said having a wife that smoked was better than being terrorized day and night. Better a friendly dragon than a nasty dragon, huh? Right. 
So anyway, I'm back to a pack and a half a day, addicted just like I was Let's before. hold it right there. The American Heart Association wants you to know that smoking cigarettes becomes a habit, not an addiction. Habits can be broken. Smoking is a matter of choice, not destiny. We can help you quit. You don't have to gain weight or climb the walls. Contact your American Heart Association for a free booklet that explains how to break your cigarette habit step by step. The American Heart Association wants you to know we're fighting for your life. Next Monday, Sears Radio Theater will be a story of the West with Lorne Green as your host. Let's listen. I tried to tell him why I quit football, but he wouldn't listen. Your father will listen in the morning when you two put the feet out. He always does. Ma, this time's different. I let him down in front of everybody at the stock show. That ain't something you forget like yesterday's rain. So be sure and tune in next Monday to the Sears Radio Theater. That was Milwaukee Deep from the Sears Radio Theater here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. I am grinning right now because there is so much I can't wait to hear out of your guys' mouths. But let me just tell you uh, why we're listening to this. <laughs> First of all, it's the Sears Radio Theater. It has come up a thousand times in the last five years for whatever reason. And I've never actually sat down and listened to any of it. And it popped up looking for an episode for this week. It popped up and I said, wait, I think it's time to delve into this. And that's where I found out this is all stuff I didn't know. The Monday through Friday, mm -hmm. different genres, the different hosts. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> I may have stepped into a gold mine of awesomeness, right? Wednesdays is Vincent Price. I am so going to do Tim a favor. And we're going to do a Wednesday night. What do they call it? Thriller night or whatever. Mystery night. Mystery night. And we're going to do one of these Vincent Price hosted ones. So I listened to a whole bunch of them. <laughs> And yeah, he hosts literally like they say things like, and now back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, the hosts have very little to do with anything, or is it that interesting? They say some stuff at the top, but for the most part, they're celebrities reading some lines, and it really is nothing to do with the story. They don't narrate like throughout like I thought they might. They're just interstitial stuff. And they All, don't have a personality or character no, like in the old no, they or are, even uh, like in CBS Radio Mystery Theater. No, which was exactly right. Like even um, E.G. Marshall had a character of some sort going mm -hmm. on. He was interesting. Now, these are not interesting. So not only that, uh, I started to find out that, oh, these aren't very good. I mean, I was bailing on some of them 30 minutes in. And I was like, <laughs> I can't take it anymore. So I was like, okay, maybe not a Vincent Price. Oh, I know it'll work. We're going to get one of these with Leonard Nimoy as the host. And we're going to go to Eric's favorite genre, adventure. I listened to the beginning of a thousand, that's hyperbole, uh, Friday night episodes of Sears Radio Theater just to hear who was the host. And I couldn't find one surviving one that said, uh, with your host, Leonard Nimoy. That was in Leonard Nimoy's will is to destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, no. So, Okay. Okay, I'm not giving up on Sears Radio Theater. I'm not giving up on this. So then I started listening to a bunch of Richard Widmark ones because that's the only ones I could find and adventure ones. And the next thing I found out is, 
Wow, they share a lot in common with CBS Radio Mystery Theater. They're really talky. With so many commercials, you would think that they would be more succinct because there wasn't <laughs> a lot of uh, actual show, but they're still too long. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, okay. And I kept laughing because I kept saying, if I actually bring one of these Wow, Josh was going to be so mad. <laughs> there are so many 70s commercials, and most of them for Sears products. Uh, yep. I screamed like an angry Mayan god. <laughs> <laughs> and so many. And they would they'd come back for 10 seconds and back into a commercial break. Oh, he's going to be so mad. Uh, the, uh, the joke that we have about Sears, and there isn't any Sears anymore, but in my house, Sear, going to Sears, everything smelled like tires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter what department you were in, Sears smelled like yep. tires because the tire department was like walking by one of those uh, Bed Bath & Beyond stores. Like, oh, my God, the smell. Oh, do you buy the tire soap as well? <laughs> right? It's on a little rope around my... Anyway, so this goes on and on. I'm like, I'm about to bail. I'm going to bail. These are 50 minutes. They got a lot of commercials. None of them are very yeah. good. Stop I'm on selling. Ad- I'm on adventure <laughs> night. I can't find any of them that are remotely adventure or mm-hmm. interesting. Nothing is working. I'm like, no, this is gold. And I have now listened to 20 episodes of 50 to one hour long. Well, I'll be honest. A lot of them about 30 minutes and I quit. And then I came across this one. And the reason I picked it is for many reasons. It does stand out. It is different from all the rest I listen to in the sense that, oh, you can't deny it doesn't keep going somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't stop and have long. Okay. So at the beginning of this, there's some conversation at the top. And then with the guy, uh, when he goes to the old guy that runs the boat place. Coast Guard guy talking to Sam. Sam, yeah. A lot of talkie. And I'm like, here we go again. A lot of talkie. And then this thing took off and did this layer after layer after layer after layer of new scene, new scene, which was different. And I think I was, when you've listened to what I listened to before this, this was fantastic. Oh my God, <laughs> stuff is happening. So so what you're saying is if, if you want listeners to enjoy this, they mm. should... Yes. Listen to 20 hours. Yes. I'm of Sears Radio I'm Theater. Totally course. telling you to do that because that was, I was such a relief. Oh, we're not in this discussion for 30 minutes. There's actually sound effects. There's actually things happening. And then to top it off, the reason that what sold me and I went, oh, I can't wait to bring this is because it was like the ghost of Scott Bishop showed up and started writing this thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I went, oh, I am so bringing this piece of crap to the table. (laughs) And that is how I feel about it. And that's my whole story. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) When I started listening to this... I was very petulant child of like, you're not my real E.G. Marshall. <laughs> you know? Yep. One of the early lines there is like, so he went into the office and that's just the beginning of the story. Like, yes, that's literally the beginning of the story. <laughs> You've been called into an office to talk to somebody and now a commercial. Like, that's not a cliffhanger. That's right. not kind of a cliffhanger. Right. But when they came back, uh, I was like, have you ever heard of the Flying Dutchman? And I'm like, I'm in. Right. <laughs> There were moments that I had a lot of hope for a lot of these shows I was listening to. Uh, but again, I stuck this one out 
and I don't know why, and I'm so glad I did, because it became worthy of bringing it because of how different it is than anything else that I heard in the series, and how unbelievably weird it got. It took some weird turns of... The plot is weird. Yes. It's not enough plot for an hour. Nope. <laughs> it certainly is not. And there's, I believe, out of this 50 minutes, I believe 48 of it is commercials. Well, it I do have a feels question. that way. Yep. And this make make me sound dumb. But in the four-piece suit from Sears, there's the jacket. Yeah. Was the two jackets? Because they said jacket, pants, skirt, and then the shell... What is a shell? Yeah, that's a great question because to me, a four-piece suit is a vest, jacket, pants, and an extra pair of pants. <laughs> that's what I always thought it was. I don't know what a shell is. This is what's fascinating. There's better discussion about the commercials. Oh, I tuned out. Every time the commercials came in, <laughs> I, was, I went over like my own thoughts on what I did to make Eric so angry. <laughs> like, why? Oh, the commercials are fascinating to me. The Mel Blanc. Oh, the Mel Blanc. for li- libraries. Yep. That's the highlight. That is the one that stood out. All right, uh, let's, let's talk about this. So the idea is he used to work for the Coast Guard. He's been brought in to figure out why all these ships are disappearing, right? Right. So why are all the ships disappearing? Because well, I'm, I'll, he was called in because even though this ship disappeared outside of where he usually operates, yeah, all these ships came from a, mm-hmm. uh, a launching area that where he knew the guy that serviced all these boats, right? And so, what we come to find out, there could be a million things, right? Is that some people that we thought were really criminal types because they become pirates and they take over the ship. Like, oh, these are criminals. They're doing something really nefarious. Maybe it's drug smuggling. Drug smuggling, right? No, they are building a legitimate resort that they can't get built (laughs) because local gods hate them. (laughs) And and their their Scooby Doo esque stupid plan is to dig up these things, steal ships. Put them on ships that are stolen and then drop them in the middle of the ocean with the ships instead of just, I don't know, dropping them in the middle of the ocean without stealing the ships. <laughs> well, I think the idea is those yachts, they emphasize how they, they were these large luxury uh-huh. ships that they did not have something uh, big enough. In fact, even those big ships, they ended up causing uh, damage to the hull. Okay. I'm not defending. I'm just. I'm just saying that <laughs> no, is the explanation is in there why they needed yachts. It does imply that there was several drafts of this plan of like let's just move the stones over there. Nah, that's not no, far it's, enough. It's they're it's, still it, there. I can still hear them screaming under the water. Like, <laughs> and why, if you put them in the middle of the ocean, so the the the, the statues are the actual gods, not representational, because they're making it sound like oh they'll drown in the ocean and now the gods are gone. It's so bad. It is so unwell thought out. Unwell thought out. I just said that phrase. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's an interesting story in there because if you actually started this story at the resort, there's this wonderful resort and your characters aren't these generic boring characters they have in here, but are, are, are maybe some interesting people that are at the resort for some reason they're experiencing what 
uh, like tremors, they're experiencing all this, and then they have to, in the moment, figure out how to get rid of these gods or to mm-hmm. escape the island. Um, that could be interesting, but you, and you, things you might say after listening to anything Scott Bishop wrote. <laughs> but oh no, you rewrite Scott, it. I will take Scott Bishop any day over this because it, he has yeah. imagination, yep. he has ideas, he has surprises. This I is agree. one of the most boring, generic. Mm-hmm. Sears-like production <laughs> I have ever heard. Uh, this gave me such a new appreciation of CBS Radio yep. Mystery Theater because they actually take risks. They actually But are... this story's jacket can be used with pants <laughs> right. Right. Or, a or a skirt. skirt. <laughs> or a shell. Or a shell. Oh. And now, here's the other thing, is that in my listening to all of uh, the ones I did... I was also struck by how phoned in and terrible the acting was. Well, you, you and had... in this one, it's so phoned in and terrible. <laughs> they are, they are was... never excited or upset or they scared. They lift the statue into the air and it screams and the sky is so to thunder. It is protesting being removed. Right. <laughs> yep. They... That is both a terrible line and a delivery of a terrible delivery of a terrible line. And they sound identical. And they have no difference in personality. The two guys? Yeah. Yeah. So both the script and the performances made it so I literally, once they got to the island, I could not tell who was who. And I I like to think I've listened to some radio drama for a number of years now, and I'm pretty good at distinguishing voices. And I just gave up because they are just generic guy from the Coast Guard and generic guy who had a yacht. Yep. And if I listened at the end and found out in the credits that it was the same actor, I would have believed it. <laughs> right. Give him an accent. Right. Please. Do anything. Um, but no, they had to save the accents for the bad guys. <laughs> right. Okay, let's get to the end of this thing where it got even weirder. So a tidal wave comes. <laughs> this, this is their out. And lifts the statue, statue off, off the, the yacht. Sh- off the yacht, takes it to the ocean. And because the ocean knows... That they're not bad guys, they're the good guys, and uh, spares them and See, takes like the, the o- God knew, oh, these guys aren't going to figure it out. <laughs> just just dump me in the trench. Right. You guys go home. Okay, so here's the other one. When I read the title of this, Milwaukee Deep, that's a really interesting title. I can't wait to see what happens. There is no reason to call this episode Milwaukee Deep. I get that that's the trench they were throwing mm-hmm. them into, but other than that... <laughs> it's a good title. The title makes you want to listen to it, and it made you want to listen to it. So I, I'm prepared to give it that credit and I think that it is credit alone. A <laughs> slight uh, uh, slam against how deep thought can happen in Milwaukee. Of like it, This story is... This is what you get when you're thinking deep thoughts in Milwaukee. <laughs> I was just really hoping there was going to be a Pabst Blue Ribbon commercial. <laughs> Milwaukee Deep brought to you by Pabst Blue Ribbon. Because it's brewed there. Yes. Yeah, no, Milwaukee's I, I, best. Milwaukee's best. We did our best. This is what we have. <laughs> <laughs> it's an F for effort. <laughs> One amusing bit and i don't think it was intentionally amusing was the uh debate the two had be- about whether it was shoddy workmanship or angry mayan <laughs> right wait a minute that's not shoddy workmanship the walls are cracked because the gods are 
angry. But still, oh, you see point, it all though, the time. That Shot this work. thing keeps moving is true. I, I think that is definitely in its favor. Well, that's just it. It does go from thing to thing to thing to thing. And now we're here, and now we're there, <laughs> and now we're here, and now this it is technically happening. has a plot. Yeah. Maybe kind of if you removed the excruciatingly dull ads, I it didn't feel like it moved because it had so many commercial I would agree interruptions. With that. And the lack of variety in the commercials, they were just bland, anodyne, and just like everything. It was just this tan I've audio. It's an like, important lesson it's, about warranties. When we post this yes. in the description, you should give a warning. <laughs> no, there's a lot of commercials. Uh, there's a lot does of not commercials. Cost you more than fifteen dollars, so uh, there's a lot of commercials. Be aware. Everywhere. Yeah, it, I uh, did think microwaves uh, came around later. My memory was faulty, so that's it has a well, microwave ad from 1979. So that was edifying. So it I, seems yeah early <laughs> enough in the microwave history that this is still kind of optimistic about microwaves. Of, so here's like, the microwave. They won't kill you. <laughs> here's the microwave history that I happen to know. They've actually been around since the 60s, but they did not become a mainstay in our kitchens. They didn't catch on. Tell about this time is when they just started, about 1979. Why do I know this? Why do you know that? Because in 1979, my family, my dad and mom purchased a microwave oven. Imagine, right? This is like a VCR at the time, a top-loading VCR. Like We were on the cusp, like, oh, these are now a thing. In order to buy a microwave back then, I don't know if it was the state of Minnesota or national law or local law, I have no idea, but you couldn't bring it home. You had to sign up for a class in microwave safety. We had to attend as a family. We all had to sign a thing, everybody who lived in the house, sit for an hour and get a microwave safety seminar lesson Sign the thing, and then we could take our microwave home. Wow. Um, Maybe that was just Minnesota. We are the land of 10,000 laws, yes, after all. I uh, do want to teach classes on microwave usage. If, it was, was pretty was, much... No matter how drunk you are. Yeah. Was this in response to gremlins when they <laughs> nu- nuked the uh, gremlin? And it they was, were like, oh, no. I, I don't some, know. I, <laughs> there was also a lot of... Just you get a microwave at home, and you immediately start loading up your silverware, silverware. into it. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of don't put metal in it. But there was also... Part of that I'll never forget was... Hey, here's here's how you cook things in it. Yeah. Like there was like recipes oh. and quick things. So, but we just assume like yeah. this takes at least half an hour. Right. But a hospital's like, here's your newborn infant. Have fun. Right. <laughs> so that's the micro. We are talking about microwaves. That's how bad this episode was. There's just an infinite amount of things to poke at and, and make fun of, and I I won't stop. Um, the uh, when they're tied up, it's like don't struggle, make it worse. Now just let me try to get work this out of like, oh, what you can get a job to get out of that. What how is what you're doing not struggling? Even even weirder <laughs> is when they came back, they were somehow able to convince them that they were still tied up. Yes. Quick, quick, put the ropes back on. Like I wasn't able to picture how they were exactly doing that. Then they gave them food, and we were told that they just put it in front of their mouths. Yes, put it by a table close to their mouths. Yeah. It was so, weird. I don't know if they had yeah. a very high table or they were tied up low. Or... And why were they feeding him if they were just going to kill him? That didn't work when I was eight years old. Right. I'm going to put the broccoli just near my mouth. Mom and Dad <laughs> will never know I didn't eat it. I thought when I was eight being tied up, like I didn't eat that way. <laughs> well, also the radio thing. All right. Come in, base one. Come in, base one. Nothing. Let me try another channel. Come in, base two. Nothing. Damn it. Doesn't work. 
<laughs> like that was it. He gave it 10 seconds, crawled back in, which also I could not picture how he was getting through these tiny holes. <laughs> the portals. <laughs> the portals. And then coming through the other portal, I didn't quite it's understand. It's the wide double that. French portal. Ah, I see. This is really skinny. Yeah. And then... Uh, it is a tube of a man. <laughs> then they just jumped to, we swam to the island. That that worked. And, you know, I feel a little bad making fun of some of these elements in that we listen to a lot of stuff that has these types of tropey uh, adventure things pretend to be tied up. I mean, not put food near your face and people will think you're eating. That's a little weird. But uh, <laughs> part of what I think makes them stand out as eye-rolling is because they give you nothing else. There's right. no wit or verve or even character detail in any of the dialogue. I'll take it, I'll take it, it a step further in that I, I am with you 100%, but I believe it is all about performance. I think it could have been a little more interesting and a mm-hmm. little more exciting with the performances are just terribly banal and dry and mm-hmm. oatmeal and nothing. And I, I really do think that there was some excitement here. Yeah, it could stand some rewriting and some focus. Yeah, Absolutely. But- they should well, the, have given Richard Widmark more money to just be in it. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. The things that were so evocative and powerful in this, um, like the giant stone godheads, like after an hour, like, yeah, I'm here, I've arrived, this is the fun part of the story, oh, we're done. And the, uh, the, the Milwaukee Deep of this is the deepest part of the ocean, you plummet for six miles. That's a, a really sort of powerful moving concept of story element of like yeah they didn't do anything with it they do anything with it yeah so it's a writer who doesn't know what's interesting about their own story yeah and they had to fill too much time yeah and it's again it's such a weird resolution as to why these ships are going missing it's too convoluted and you could, weird. You could pad this in an interesting way. Correct. I, I mean, not to be that armchair writer, but you start at the interesting place. You start at that resort, mm-hmm. and through dialogue and through action, we discover that Coast Guard guy is already there, undercover, and doing things, and you it's mysterious, and you don't know what's happening. Correct. And here, we have to More just... More undercover than just lying to his friend for a few hours. <laughs> yeah, we came from outside in instead of starting inside yeah. out. Start in the castle. Yeah. And we could have gotten a lot of, you know, like, build from that uh, of, of escalation of what's going on? Why are the walls cracking? What's happening? Like, we could have watched this whole thing develop. Yeah, who's and, that screaming out there at night? And so, um, this mm-hmm. is the only compliment I'm going to give it. A, it's better than all the rest that I <laughs> listened to. But B, um, the scream the creature, the thing made, was awesome. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was a great, cool scream. And I was like, oh, that's the best thing in this is that thing's scream. That was Widmark seeing his check. <laughs> like, no! <laughs> oh, do we have any other thoughts? Oh, good. That's not. Joshua, give it to me. Just oh, vote. I would never revisit this ever again. And I have gone through the exact same process you described of finding out about Sears Radio Theater and going, oh, a different genre every night? Oh, right. oh, oh. And we've had a number of uh, listeners request episodes, and I've listened to the episode they requested, and I and I was like, we will have nothing nice to say about this. Right. Um, what I will say is it does increase my appreciation of CBS Radio mm-hmm. Mystery Theater, uh, because in comparison to this, which 
I would argue from a production point of view, it's very competently done. The yep. music is well assembled. Yep. Um, the sound effects are there. It changes yep. location. But it has... This one does. Yeah. It has no life. It takes no risks. There are some really challenging, weird, interesting episodes of CBS Radio Mystery Theater mm-hmm. out there. So um, I will give it that much. Um, and there just must have been something about this that people just weren't committed to really bringing radio back in the same way if it were budgetary restraints because there's well, I was thinking Dawes like Butler is in here he must be one of the bad guys I couldn't recognize it usually he has such a right. recognizable voice and Nelson Riddle did the the music really generic yeah, yeah, music yeah. and Nelson Riddle's amazing but right. you couldn't tell it from listening to this no the music is not well the the daily I don't know if they had five different crews writing and like that's a grind of a schedule hell yeah it is that's Carlton E. Morse level of yeah. writing. Here's your script. Great. Get another script for us. Yeah, I, right. I think ultimately the medium couldn't survive the commercial structure of radio at the time. Like, whatever you think of the ads, there are too many of them. Yep. Like, even if you love them, it, it just destroys no. I um, like the, the CBS, flow of the story. The CBS RMT, as you know, I like those with the ads because... They're warm, fuzzy blanket and nostalgia, and I know you hate them. Well, they structure but, them in acts. Yes, and there's they structure them in acts, piece. and there's only two or three of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was just insane. It just kept coming. Like, this is nothing but a vehicle to sell Sears. It's so weird that something that is so much closer to us in time just does not stand the test of the time right. in the way something that's almost 100 years old can. Right, right. So well, doesn't stand the test of time. Not worth revisiting. Why? No, I understand why. <laughs> uh, I agree. Uh, I might give it historically significant. I, I at least like the glimmer uh, of the story that could have been of that we've talked about. The, this interesting resort that has a problem with its gods. And that the solution they eventually come to is we must dump it in the ocean. Uh, why couldn't you just advertise it as the island of the screaming gods? And you've got this great <laughs> marketing twist. <laughs> <laughs> Or jump to the gods in the bottom of Milwaukee deep talking through their plan for retribution. <laughs> Sitting around in Milwaukee. As somebody carves out some legs, we're... Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, tell them stuff. Please go visit ghoulishdelights.com, home of this podcast. You can find other episodes here. Uh, you can leave comments. Let us know how much you love this and you resent the nasty things we've said. You can vote in polls. You can send us messages. You can link to our social media pages. You can link to our Threadless store if you'd like maybe a Mysterious Old Radio t-shirt or thermos. I don't know if we have a thermos. We have coffee mugs. We've got stuff. We have some coffee receptacle. (laughs) And you can go to our Patreon page. Yes, go to patreon.com slash themorals and support this podcast because we really need it as you can tell by this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Maybe as a bonus, we will start doing... um, We'll release episodes without the commercials in them to our patrons. What? <laughs> no. Sears is paying us a no. buttload for this. <laughs> uh, this actually made me glad Sears is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sears will pay. Ode to tire. So uh, go to patreon.com slash the morals and please help us out. And if you'd like to see us performing live radio play theater, the Mystery Sold Radio Listening Society Theater Company does monthly 
stage productions of classic old-time radio shows, and a lot of our own original work as well. We've been doing this monthly for, I don't know, five, six years. Uh, if you'd like to see us performing live, just go to ghoulishdelights.com or mysteriousoldradiolistingsociety.com, and there you will see where we're performing this month and what we're performing and how to get tickets. If you are not in the area and can't come see it, all you have to do is become a Patreon because part of being a Patreon is seeing our shows as we uh, record them and give them to our lovely Patreons to watch. What is coming up next? Next, we have a listener request. We'll be listening to an episode of Suspense entitled Zero Hour. Until then... Let Sears Merry Mushrooms coordinates brighten your kitchen with woodsy charm. Save $7 on our four-piece canisters. Wow, Josh was going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I screamed like an angry Mayan guy. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome.